Hey girl, this journey called life that we are all taking is crazy. If I have learned anything these past few decades, it's that we've all been through some crazy stuff. My question is, why don't we openly talk about it? Keeping the secrets locked away keeps us isolated. It gives power to the pain, and I say screw that. Welcome to This Is Real Life with Jen Blossom, where we talk all things that make us most uncomfortable. From abuse, to addiction, and trauma, to recovery, nothing is off limits. My guests and I will expose the parts of ourselves that hold the most pain and share the freedom that is possible. This is real life. excited to have Stephanie Mack here today. Uh, she's been one of my dearest friends and I just wanted to welcome you to my living room. I'm so honored and happy to be here. <laughs> You're one so of my fun. oldest friends as an adult and it's just so special and it, we are very official in here. It's I'm I mean, just very impressed. <laughs> if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. You're right? all the way, and it's beautiful. All the way, I love it. Um, okay, so I asked you to be on this because I feel like there's a lot of things that we as women keep secret because we feel that I guess it, something's wrong with us, or we we've been through something and we don't want to share it because it's embarrassing. And I found that the more that I share, the more healing it brings to myself and the person who is listening. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to reach out to Steph because she's such a great communicator and she's definitely not somebody who's shy about what she's been through. And so, how, I mean, how did you feel when I first asked you, like oh, when I said, Hey, I'd love to I have was you on. So honored, first of all. And also it's just, I mean, there's several things I could have talked about, but I have had quite a body image journey, which I'm going to talk about today. But it's one of those things where I kind of reached a piece of peace and freedom like a year ago. And I haven't really like been as vocal about it since because it's kind of like not my biggest thing anymore. And also sometimes it mm -hmm. seems like there's so many voices and you're just like, no one needs mine. Like, no. And what's one more story? I think that's something as a oh woman. Oh my gosh, we could go on you, to right? so many things But right like now. in the noise of the world, you're like, mm -hmm. there's too many women with the body image thing. I don't, I'm just going to like, I don't need to anymore. I'll move on. And mm -hmm. then in the same week, you and our other mutual friend asked me to speak at a mops group. And I was just like, Lord, I guess you are not done with this yet. And yeah. I just want to preach freedom to women. And I have, it's not the thing I wake up battling anymore and praise the Lord for that. But my journey from age 14 to 34 is a long one. So it's crazy because when I look at you, like, and I mean, we met in our early twenties yeah. when we were newly married and, um, I, I would have never imagined, I feel like it's kind of a secret, like yeah. it's kind of a secretive disorder or a secret totally. issue. I, I don't know. It is. And I think it's something that you don't realize once you're not like officially in like crisis eating disorder mode like I was as a teenager once it's just like these lies in your head it's so deep that you don't even know it's like a problem you just walk around hating yourself like kind of looking like uh, uh, like I look at myself in my 20s I'm like can I just please have that body again so, and I was just <clears throat> so hard on myself it's so interesting because I don't know where the line is between eating disorder and like just being like 
a woman in totally. Southern California. Or being tweaky with your habits or like restricting too much. I know. I, so I'm excited to have you totally. here because I actually have someone very close to me who absolutely suffers from an eating disorder. And it's weird to be on the outside of that because there's nothing I can do. Totally. And so I want to like dive into that too, like yes. how I can help and whatever. So anyways, but before we go all of this, yes. can you tell me a little bit about how we met? Of course. Like introduce oh, yourself and absolutely. kind of like start from the beginning. Yes. As Jen mentioned, we met at we were both 22 and newlyweds and Doug and I had a great community in college, but we moved to Irvine, newly married. We didn't have any friends. So we did this class at Rock Harbor, a marriage class called Becoming One. And like we went to learn about marriage, but like we were for sure there to make friends and we didn't make any like the whole 100%. time, the eight weeks. It 100%. was just, you know, you're with the group. To Total. I remember we were just committed to this thing because maybe it would work out in our group. I don't know. It just wasn't like all the fireworks in our <laughs> group, but we weren't in Jen and Jeremy's group. And I just completely had my eye on Jen. I just, she, it's, she's hard to miss. She's just gorgeous. And she just radiates warmth and light. She really does. Oh, that's really sweet. And her husband looked vaguely familiar <laughs> because he sweet. is in fact a former MTV reality star. <laughs> There's that. It's like, he looks familiar and they're so cute. And anyway, so the last night I like overheard you were talking to someone and you mentioned Woodbury and I like heard it from like across the room and I like pounced on it and I was like, oh my gosh, we live in Woodbury. And it's one of a couple friendships in my life where I just had a feeling we could be friends and I jumped on it and I'm so glad I did. So <laughs> Me we literally exchanged phone numbers and I think we went to Taco Rosa like the next week and like the rest is history. We have so many stories. Oh. We were new, new, newlyweds. I think we were in our master's together at the same time. Yeah. Not the same program, but my master's in writing and her in education. Yeah. And we were working so hard so making hard. dinners. Oh I cooked gosh. a lot more homemade meals back then. Girl, even. don't you remember? <laughs> I just remember being like so all over the place, newly married. Like, wait, I'm supposed to be a cleaner and a and a maid and, totally. a, and a lover. And I'm supposed to go get my master's degree. And I'm supposed to cook healthy oh my dinner. Gosh. And I'm supposed to smile all the time. Oh I'm gosh. supposed to really like sex. I don't really know. All like, of I just it. felt so All of it. It was so much. And looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, you, Jen, and our other friend, Allison. They were just brought into my life. Yeah, it's so God just policing them. We started a Bible study. We met every whatever, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. It switched up for years and hung out every week. And it was just a gift. And Jenna's just the real, I said it earlier, she is the realest person. You oh. always know she's going to tell you the truth. If you want the truth, you come to Jen. But with that... <laughs> She has the biggest heart, like mm. her heart for change and women and people mm. and just always doing the right thing, the good thing, the big thing. I love well, this that feels about very you. uncomfortable because I'm just I, bragging about her. I appreciate that. <laughs> it feels uncomfortable. No, because I, I have to talk to my about therapist her. about how, oh, like, to, get how to accept a compliment. And then my other thing, she's smart. Oh my, oh. she's so smart. And she just knows so much about the mind and healing and trauma. And I've watched her growth mm. from age 22 to now, and it's astounding. Yeah. So she is the person to start oh. a podcast and she just knows so much. And she and I are both avid oh. readers, which will bore you with another day. But we are here home with our kids, but we constantly feed our minds. I think we yeah. both love challenging ourselves and learning new things and understanding humans and how we can love them better. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, Okay. So if I'm trying to like stay with the like body image thing, because honestly we could go, we could talk I know. for hours on anything. Everything. I know. But what, we can talk about I, anything. I if really there's... appreciate you and the body image thing, because that is something that I 
I've struggled with a lot of yeah. things, oh, the road. but I'm yes. not sure if that's one of my like markers, my yeah. like pain points in my, in my past. And so I was so grateful for you to kind of help me because I didn't, it's, unless you've walked through it, you can read all the books that you want, but like you totally. can't really understand it. Um, and so I, I wanted to bring light to it. So, okay. So when you were newly married, how was, how did your body image and eating disorder, were you, were you in the throes of it? Like during that first year of marriage, like yeah. where, where did that begin? Like, how was that? Yeah. How did that start? So my, like the crux of my problem and my eating disorder and what I would call the crisis time, which is also when I was 14 and 15 years old and had a make a choice. It was also when God really found me and I committed like, this is it. I was raised in a Christian home, but I was like, this is going to save me. I was a teenager. So I, should I just back up and tell the whole story? Yeah. I think, I think I need the whole story. Totally. So like, when did it like, I, I like, did you just eat a lot of cookies yeah. when you were seven or yeah, like, so like, how did this start? So and I, I'm no, super ignorant because I, I don't no, know. No questions, a bad question. Okay. And it's one of those things. Like I never, I didn't, on purpose develop an eating disorder. I don't know that anyone really does. You just are in this cycle in this downward <laughs> spiral. And I then you're like, like really insensitive wow. right now. <laughs> no, you're not insensitive. Are you kidding? I, I, this is another thing I do. I'm I, not I sensitive like, about I, it. I bring in humor. No, I like it. <laughs> you have to laugh like, at yourself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like, listen, I know that you didn't just eat a lot. Well, of I actually <laughs> did eat a lot of cookies. I know. I okay, like, so, I can laugh now, but I was a very, I was just a chubbier child. Okay. It was my body type. I see. I was just, I don't know when it's maybe like third grade-ish. I just, by the time I was in fourth grade, I knew I was bigger than all the other girls. I just was chubby. And I remember like vivid memories, like mm. being in limited two with my mom mm -hmm. and the largest size didn't fit me. And so she and the clerk are like whispering and they go next door to big limited. Cause I was like technically plus size at whatever age I was nine, 10. And Ugh. I just remember that embarrassment. Like I knew I could like cry just oh, thinking about that because even as an adult going in and not, and like thinking totally. that you're this size and, and then you're like, not. totally you like get like 10 pairs of this one right? size and none of them none fit. Of them like, fit. So it was like from a very early age. And then I also like, I developed a chest very young, like and I'm like, like peaked and never grew, right? And I'm like uber, <laughs> uber jealous of your early development. I was like early and I just was curvier and bigger. And I was always trying to cover that up. And it was just so much shame, so young. And then kids were cruel. Like, so maybe it was oh, the kids that were cruel because kids, if I had boobs and I was little, oh I gosh. would think that was rad. But oh like <laughs> if people were like, what, oh were, they, what were they saying? Well, they were you? saying more about the chubbiness, but there were comments about my boobs too. Like the girls thought that was weird because it just wasn't a thing yet. But they were more the comments that I internalized and remember were about my overall just chubbiness. What like would they say they would say like, ooh, you're gross. Or she's gross. I would like the word gross, definitely. Gross? I had to write, she's gross or she's chubby or like there would be times when my mom was trying to like restrict my sugar or whatever from the goodness of her heart. Cause my pediatrician was like, she's overweight. And so she would be like, okay, no cookies. Like we get that as a mom. Right. And so I would be on a play date and not eating the cookies. And the mom would be like, why aren't you eating your cookies? And the other girls, that was weird because they were skinny and they could eat the cookies. And I'm like a kid at this point. So these little mm. things or, oh, you're bigger than we are. Or I was always pick last in PE. I was just... 
So was I. You know and I wasn't oh overweight. I was just <laughs> big. And I, we had to ride a bus in fourth grade during a time. And like no one wanted to sit by me on the bus. And it was just, I was so, I was just, I know me too. And she just felt big and invisible. And I changed schools in fifth grade and it was right that time when I was just getting chubby and I literally had no friends. It was just, and I equated that with like, because you were chubby because of chubby. No one wants to be, not because you were actually a beautiful, see, and and that's the thing with kids is like, whatever makes them feel inadequate or like, or or not good enough, they like don't like that. Totally. Like you were probably like the prettiest, nicest girl. And it was easier to like talk about your chubbiness than to just love you. I know. And oh, it's just okay. So wait, when did you go? Because you went to a Christian Yeah, um, they were all Christian schools. So I went to a Mariner's Christian school from K through fourth and then Calvary Chapel from fifth through twelfth. So okay, it was so it's not even because people assume like, oh, my kids are no. going to a Christian school. Everybody's totally. so nice. Not the case. No, totally. It was like girls were mean. Yeah, and girls are mean everywhere. They are. And the other thing too is like about this whole issue in my life and how I had an eating disorder. It's like my parents are the most loving, wonderful people. It's like the world and your demons, like they're going to find you. And okay. like you can't ultimately. So I know though. Okay. So I know that you have a, a sister. Did yes. she ever struggle with she has, um, okay. I don't think as, as deeply or as bad, but in high school we were both like just tweaked out. Like we look back and we're what like, does that mean, tweaked out? like your, your brain isn't seeing food in your body properly. We call it like being, oh, we're like tweaked. Just tweaked, like out. just like okay. right. we have a tweaked view of food and okay. that's not normal. Like being on an elliptical trying to burn 1000 calories when you're 16, things like that are like Exhausting. What? Like, right. or no. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, go. You I go. was just like, that was my message. You're chubby. You're gross. Like, blah, blah, blah. but you know, I developed a personality because I well, was like, well, <laughs> I don't have looks. People aren't going to like me for my looks. So I can be <laughs> smart. I can get straight A's. I could do that. I like it. And I did. I had friends and I found my way, even though I wasn't like the most eventually, like I made friends. Don't worry, guys. And then, um, freshman year, the summer before freshman year of high school, Mm -hmm. the baby weight came off. It happens. And that's something too, I think of as a mom of girls, like body's going to go through these weird changes, love them where they're at. Like, don't be too aggro about their diets. It's hard. You know what? That's a great uh, message for even like moms because our bodies are going to change. Totally. We're not going to have the same body we had before we had two kids, three kids. It's just not. It's just not. It's going to change. Right. Totally. And my body weight, fell off and then it was like this distinct Mm. shift like older guys and boys started to notice me Mm -hmm. and I don't say that to me like I was so hot all of a sudden but it was just (laughs) it was out of my realm of remote possibility that a guy would ever think I was attractive because I was a chubby girl I just had that so when I got attention for like I was smaller I was like oh well this is a good this is good this, this is what you why. do this is why I'm smaller I'm thin I gotta be small I gotta stay small and so th- from there I was such a baby it breaks my heart I was like 14 years mm-hmm. old I just started like cutting back and cutting back and cutting back and cutting no fat back. in my diet no oh. sugar in my diet I would eat like 
grapes for lunch and like chicken for dinner. I just started. And were you hungry? Like was your your tummy hungry? I was hungry, but then I got used to it. Mm -hmm. And then people started noticing after a couple of months, it was pretty drastic. So wait, you were skinny and then you got skinnier. I was, yes. I was like a thin, normal, like girl, just not chubby anymore, basically. So I was like a thin and I liked that. So then I got dangerous. Okay, We're talking like, like totally. Okay. And then I would like run on the treadmill to burn off everything that I ate. And then at some point I had two best friends in the same grade and we all were like in it together. We all had horrible eating disorders together. Isn't oh. that sad? And we know it. And now, and we have walked through well, the I journey. Mean, I guess like if you all can agree, I mean, you all have one thing in common totally. that really bonds you, I think. Yeah. And um, we just hold like, on. So then what was like it like with your mom and your dad yeah. and your siblings? Like, that would be like, I'm just thinking about if I saw that with my girl, totally. like that would, I would, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do. I know it. I just, my mom and she, no mom is perfect, right? All we can do is our best. But looking back, she just did everything right. She loved me. The one thing nobody, friends, family, you should ever say to a person who you see is struggling with your weight in this way is you're so skinny. That just fuels it. You like it. You feed off of it. You're so skinny. I can see your bones. It's sick and it's distorted, but that's like, yes, I'm winning. I'm doing it. I'm thin. Let's cut back further. So that is something that I think people don't know. Maybe like don't comment on their weight at all. Don't comment. Don't comment on their weight. And then it has to be from when you're ready to like just approach it. It has to be done with like such mm. grace and love because I had some people along the way who okay. approached me and it just friends was awful. or foes or my adults or... my mom still rages about this because they didn't ask her first but two of the well-meaning women's ministry people no. at church uh-huh. no no because the church and the school was like affiliated okay, um, well. I love Calvary Calvary's amazing but this was not dealt with properly they pulled me out of class no freshman year Mm-mm. and for like two hours two, they each had a different talk with me about nutrition and how my body was shriveling and how it wasn't okay did my parents know what was going on and then they took upon themselves to pull Brad out my older brother for no reason at all and say how can you not see that your sister is struggling? This is probably because of you. Like you're probably telling her she's fat. It was very toxic. So this, in the middle of this, like, Wait, right, this happened. Like that they this should happened. have been fired. And that they didn't even the ask my mom first. No. And like when you're a teenager, I think you think you're older than you are. I'm like, I was a child. Absolutely. Like talk to my mother. Absolutely. Talk to my father. That's disgusting. So it was awful. And I was so embarrassed. Talk about a lack of boundaries. Yeah. And I didn't really know yet that I had a problem. So I was still like, I'm just really skinny, you know, it's normal to like eat a piece of turkey all day. (laughs) Totally. So I just, my mom and dad were very concerned and they would just start by saying, we're concerned about you. We love you. We don't think you're eating enough. They would try to like force me to eat more, like eat more fat in your diet. But through the rest of my freshman year, it was obvious that I was just very committed to being skinny. So would you call it anorexia? I, Did it get to bulimia at all? It got to anorexia. I made myself throw up a couple of times I did not like that. Okay. Wasn't it your wasn't jam. for me. Wasn't for you. you gotta try <laughs> it it wasn't for me. Wasn't for you. I was just a very sad, <clears throat> excuse me, sick young child. I never really went too far down that path. Okay. But 
I also was in baton and we had to wear these tight leotards. Mm. And looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, as a woman getting in a bathing suit, your biggest nightmare and you have to get on these little itty bitty things. So I think that my other bestie who was on this eating disorder bus with me was in baton with me too. And I think we just like felt big in our uniforms and wanted to be skinny. So it was the summer after freshman year when I was like a little bit over a hundred pounds, maybe at like five, five or whatever I am skin and bone. And I, how was your body functioning? It was bad. My body or my period had stopped. I was losing, I had lost like half of my hair because that was by now almost a full school year of this destructive behavior. And it sucked out my personality. Like you can't have this vibrant. No, there's no energy. There's no way. Your energy's gone. You're like a shell of yourself is the best way to describe it. And people had started to notice by that point. And so this sounds really harsh, but I stand by it because it was out of love. My parents sat me down because I was just refusing to get better. And I was you know, teen. So they said there is this like outpatient facility and you can go for a month, like, and go do this and you have to go away and you need a rehab. Mm -hmm. You're, you're dying. Mm -hmm. And my OB too had like confirmed with my period stopping. It was all very alarming from a medical perspective. I was basically killing myself. So they said, do that. Or my mom found this amazing therapist online and she said, you can go to therapist and get better. She's a nutritional therapist. She's fantastic. She happens to be here in Irvine, or you can do that. Then I said, I'm not going away to like, <laughs> that is weird. Everybody will know, you oh, know, cause like yeah. nobody really, if anyone who went to high school with me, nobody knows that this was going on. Like I was the straight A's girl. I had a lot of friends. I was in baton, like other than like Carrie and Aaron, my cherished friends. Um, no one knows. It's yeah. a lot of times the people who are functioning at a high level that are have the darkest demons, I think. So interesting, isn't that? I know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fine, I'll go to this Evelyn Traboli person who, by the way, recently in the last couple of years, I've been seeing her book everywhere. And it's the book that like saved me. It's called Intuitive Eating. Okay. And it just guides you out of dysfunctional, anorexic, eating disordered behavior, whatever it may be for you, and into like, understanding your body and how much food you need. And I read that as a teen and I love seeing her name now because it's like she saved my life. I went there every week for... But how did... Okay. So how do you like slow... Like you just slowly start to eat more? It's so hard, man. And I was still... So my mom's like, you're going to this thing or bust, right? So she's... Bless her soul taking me there every week. I'm like, imagine you're driving your like skin and bones daughter every week to like therapy, right? It's a good mom. But she's a good mom. And um she she would take you to therapy. Oh, she would take me. And at first I would like I didn't want to like gain weight, but I had to weigh in every week. So I would lie. I would chug water a liter before because you can gain two pounds. This is how sick I was. It's so sad. I would like hide it or wear baggy clothes so that like it seemed like I was gaining weight. And you're like, and she totally knows. She, she's like, she's this is like, like this not girl's her first not pulling me. Yeah. So it was like a month or two of that maybe. And then this is, she had a patient who I had seen in the waiting room who was even worse than I was. She had already been hospitalized. Mm. She died while she was not in the office, but while I was her patient, <laughs> she died. 
like, and I, I knew and that. You saw that. I saw, I knew that that had happened in the practice. My mom knew it. That and was it like was kind of a wake straight. up call. I yeah. was like, okay, you're a young girl like me. And she, you know, and then she started doing just the therapy we did and in depth that was just really dug into my beliefs about myself as a, as you see yourself as a 14 and 15 year old girl, uh, seeing who are role models in your life who might not have this stick figure body. What is this stemming from? How can we take steps? And it took a long time, but I just slowly under her guidance and care started eating more. And this is so sad. I remember like I weighed like a hundred pounds. Right. And when you're in that mode, you're obsessed with weight. And I remember her thinking like, she said, you could be a really healthy at like 120. And I was like, 120. That's so enormous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how tweaked I was. I know I keep saying that word. That's how faulty my thinking was. No, I think that, I mean, I think anybody in the throes of any sort of disorder like that, like, yeah. you know, your thinking is irrational, totally. but like, you don't care. You don't care. You're just like, uh, like, I mean, I mean, you're obviously, everybody's telling you you're skinny. Yeah. You're looking in the mirror. You're enjoying what you're seeing. Therefore it's working. Totally. Uh, absolutely. So like, okay. So then like, so how do you, was it just like meal by meal? You added it a little was, bit and a little bit. It was like adding more. It was like a long road of realizing that like food doesn't have like, a moral value. Like it's French fries aren't bad. This isn't bad. I think I was so scared back then. It was fat grams. Yes. That's not really a thing anymore. Now it's more, I don't know. It's changing every day, but I feel like it's more carbs now. That wasn't really a thing back then yet. It was like, don't eat fat in your diet. It was just like learning how to feed my body in a more healthy way. My mom helped me a lot and she would just make sure I was eating healthy, well-rounded meals. Um, but like, but there was a lot of resistance because you're gaining was weight. There, was there like a lot of like um, negative thought in terms of like you would eat it and then you would feel bad about it? Yes. And I'm thankful <laughs> my other friends who walked this road with me and it's very common in general is mm-hmm. that they, I knew this from my therapy with Evelyn and my experience with her is you go the other way and then you're a binge eater mm-hmm. and it can take years to kind of get back or and then you're binging and purging and so I've been reading a lot because this is like I just love this whole childhood trauma thing. yes and it sounds a little bit just like just chatting with you that you know at certain points of your development um if you're like having if you've dealt with trauma or there's been something that's like really eating at you yeah. I mean and and that would be these people that are being totally. not nice to you like mm-hmm. that's obviously a very traumatic experience it might not be one experience but I mean it's a cluster of experiences yeah. that that kind of is defining of your early childhood years. Totally. And then your brain ends up behaving habitually in its thinking yes. mm-hmm. from the that sort of patterned ways of those people treating you like that. It's almost as if as you're growing, you have to go back and mm-hmm. reteach that little totally. brain how to think about food and how, you know, being chubby is not bad and being skinny is not good. And I don't know, it just seems like a really a hard thing. And I, I mean, I, I'm here and I'm trying to be healthy. We, we talk about being healthy a lot in my family. Um, because we do have a lot of information on like what is healthy and what isn't healthy and what to eat and make your, you know, your heartbeat and you know, but like, you don't want to be obsessive about it because you don't want to transfer that to your kid because your kid is a sponge and just kind of soaking up everything. Anyway. So then, so then it, would you feel like you, 
like were better by the time you met Doug? Like, yeah, I feel, and I totally, everything you said is so spot on and trauma really can be anything that causes that's you know, really disturbing in your life. And that can cause like that long-term neuroses in your brain. It like kind of changes your brain. Right. And that totally happened to me. And I love trauma. The root of it is, I think it's the Greek is wound. It's a wound mm-hmm. that you have to heal and that mm-hmm. can take a lot of work. So I think I heal God healed me. I was baptized. It was very tied into my spirituality mm-hmm. and my faith too because I for me healing my biggest pain and moving on has always been like that moment of surrender. It's like mm-hmm. I can't do this alone and I my literal baptized at camp come to Jesus moment was like in summer camp, sophomore year. I was like God just take this thing from me. I know he heard me and mm-hmm. I really I healed. I ate. I was healthy. I had lots of friends. I still, though, was like kind of a crazy healthy eater. And that lasted for a long time where I didn't want to eat like sweets or fried foods or these things that I thought like would worry that I was going to get big. And then I shared this a little bit with you, but when college admissions essay time came around, I look back and I'm like, that was bold, sister, but I did it. (laughs) When they were like, what do you want to write about for these schools to accept you? I said, I want to write about my eating disorder and healing from it and like how I overcame that. And I did it. And I wrote about it. And these schools, a couple of them like responded like in a personal way, which doesn't happen a lot. Like Berkeley was like, we'll give you this assistance, you know, or it was just, they accepted it. And I was like, wow, like there's something to just being honest, you know, and they appreciated it. And I got into my schools and my life has got just had grace on me. Okay. So but so like for your yes. wedding, oh, did you, you asked, feel oh, yeah. so anytime? Yes. For my wedding, I remember like, I never fell back into like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to starve myself. But just those moments of like needing to get into your wedding dress. That's I mean, I was saying. so like, tiny on my wedding day and to... it would just kind of get into like, mm, not the most healthy behaviors. But I think overall in my twenties before having babies, I was just like, Probably, sadly, a pretty normal, hard on yourself girl who's thin and okay. Because that's when I just, that's when I met you and I had yeah zero. Like when you did you ever think that about yourself? Were you like you in your twenties? Were you like, oh, you know, I'm fat. I don't want to like look at this role. Look at this. I want to lose weight. Like I don't know how in my twenties once I was past the you know the crises point, but I was still question. on the path. I don't know. So I think you know my my trauma looks different, yeah. and my trauma led me to believe that I shouldn't think about myself at all. Yeah. So I didn't even yeah. think about myself. Wow. I didn't think I was skinny or fat. I just didn't think about myself. Yeah. I. It was like I ate when I was hungry and I slept when I was tired and I didn't ask anybody for any help. And I just, you know, you just tried to keep everybody, you know, you know, so I don't know my, again, it It wasn't ever really a thing for you. Well, my, I think for me it started, but again, I, I was never like a, like skin and bones. Um, but I think my issues with any sort of weight at all happened when I had my first kid mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't even know, yeah. like, I, I just, I didn't know, you don't know what you don't know. And I think in pregnancy, you gain weight super slowly. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck? Right? <laughs> because I These had assumed like, oh, totally. well, I gained 60 pounds. Well, maybe my kid's 60 pound child. <laughs> totally. I'm going to go home in my jeans, right? I totally no. did. I, I just, I was so unaware. And again, I didn't have a lot of 
I didn't have any motherly advice. I didn't have anybody like, Hey girl, like, you know, it's okay. Or like, you know, we really want to be careful with our fruits and vegetables because the weight does come on really fast. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Nobody cared enough to tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that was, that was hard. That is like, it's really hard. You know, because you gained, you gained as much as I did. Oh yeah. I gained 45 with my first 55 with my second and 60 plus with my third. And it's interesting. I know about health and I would try ish to like, I was so nauseous, but I would like try to go through spurts of making healthy choices and the pounds would still pile on. And so it happens to some people more than others. Well, I think the thing that we have in common is we were both horrifically sick throughout our pregnancy. So true. Amen. And at that point, you're not, you're not thinking like, Oh, I would really like to have a kale salad and like with some like chicken on top. You're like, no dude, I can't stomach that. Like I'm going to freaking vomit just thinking about it. Like give me me absolutely a whole sleeve of bagels. Give me the bagels. And cause you know what I thought? I, I knew that what I found is when I was eating, I wasn't nauseous. Same. That was like the only time I wasn't. So why wouldn't you eat? I know. And totally. I, I'm not like, oh, give me a celery stick. I feel so much better. <laughs> no, I just no, couldn't. No, no. Or like some people like, Try, smoothies helped me. I'm my nausea and not me. I wish. Oh my gosh. I can't even. I wish. And oh, like, I just loved being pregnant. I know. What? Oh my gosh. I just, it was just not my road. And it okay, was but hold just. On, but the, so how, so, but did you ever go back in that thinking like, I mean, like, like, how did you end up losing your baby weight? Yeah. Oh, well, I would say that like in my twenties, I was just kind of like, like I said, just kind of like, oh, like I'm fat and my like flat stomach and my bikini. Like now I'm like, I was so annoying. But when I got pregnant, Mm -hmm. gaining that weight was real triggering as you can imagine. Yeah. Like it's triggering for anyone. But like when you have this deep childhood wound and this healing you walk through, it's like, oh, holy goodness, Mm -hmm. like I'm enormous. And like people weren't always nice to me in my pregnancies. You want to think it's, I'm not not saying it was back to childhood status, but it's like people are just like, even just the constant, you you got twins in there. That doesn't feel good. And it's like, (laughs) Oh, you look like you're ready to pop. You're like, girl, I just found out. I know, right? A hundred percent. And just, I don't know. And that I, I know I took it way too personally because clearly I have some issues, but it was hard for me. And so I gained all this weight and then how I lost my baby weight. I feel like this is like a whole wave in womankind and Instagram. So I want to be careful in saying this, but I did use Weight Watchers, which is a diet. And there's this like hashtag anti-diet movement. Have you seen this? I have a lot of thoughts on all of this. I do too. And uh I think that it is, I am for that, like free women, free all of us from any chains. But when you're someone like me and my other friends, I have talked about this and I say it with care and thought, when you have had a broken system in your mind before mm. in relation to food, sometimes you need a guide and that is okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. And my doctor, my OB, when I'm crying to her saying, I want to lose this 50 pounds, but I don't want to have an eating disorder again. Under her care, she recommended that I try Weight Watchers because it is a healthy balance. To me, it helped me figure out how to eat healthy. So we did a diet. I know hashtag anti-diet is angry out there. And I'm like, I did a diet. I did. I'm sorry. I did a diet. I I don't understand why there's so much stigma attached to the word diet. Yeah. And it kind of came in the last year, hot and heavy. Yeah. I think um, 
you know, like being, because I think people assume that being skinny is being healthy. Right. And that's not always the case. I know. So, and so like, I don't understand why wanting to be, I, 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 I yeah. Just, and it's like, how you is can that? be very overweight and like not healthy, or you can maybe have extra pounds and be healthy in your mind and your spirit. It's like, yeah, I know. So and I, but you know, what is interesting? Like I, I am a very, so I, again, as a child, I had, I was very unaware of my own self and what I needed. And what I'm learning is that like my diet right. um, might look different from your diet, mm-hmm. but it's because my body functions better with foods, like with certain foods. Absolutely. And so I would, if I call that a diet, like call it a diet. I don't, right. I mean, listen, if you're so offended by the word diet, like right. turn right. off the podcast. Totally. Like I can't, I'm not dealing with those who are easily offended. Right. If you're easily offended, you're not living in truth. Like just let's, let's take a break and let's here. let's talk about the things right. that are out there in the our thing faces. Is, the thing is, you know, and I loved, this is, this is interesting. This isn't, in, was in pop culture this couple weeks, but Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser commented yes. on Lizzo. You know, Lizzo, yeah, she sings absolutely. Good as, good as Yes, I love that um, song. And she was saying something about how, um, how everybody's commenting her on her like great body image because yeah. she like feels so good about herself. And she's yeah. like, well, no one's going to be clapping when she has diabetes. I mean, she's not healthy. Yeah. Like she's extremely overweight. And so it's like clapping for the like super anorexic skinny yeah. model girl. And cl- because like yeah. she looks so great. I know. And then like clapping for the like overweight girl because she feels good about herself. Like, first of all, you're not, you're not healthy either way. Right. So I like, know. You've got to find your balance there. Yeah. And I think that balance looks different for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And I think that when I spend a lot of time or see a lot of this like pro anti-diet, all of that. I'm like, is it, does it make you a bad person to want to be healthy and quote unquote thinner or whatever? I don't know how to say that, but you know what I mean? Like if you want to like look good in your jeans again, that doesn't make you a bad person. We want to feel sexy for ourselves in I our communities, like in our, for our husbands, like you want to feel good about yourself. Well, here's the thing. So get there. We, we do, especially in Southern California, we live in a very image driven sort of no doubt. society. Okay. Now you can like have, you can be like really like for me, I, when I work out, I feel good Same. about myself. Same. It helps with the depression that I struggle with. It helps with the anxiety that I struggle with when I can wear my jeans and I'm not bloated and my uterus right. isn't digging into my intestines. Yeah. That feels much better. Totally. So I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. And you stay in your lane. You do what you need to do, honey. Totally. But don't be shaming people that's for the things. Thing. I think that's what gets me is when there's shame on either side. I just want women to feel empowered and amazing where they're at in their journey. Right. And, what and they... guess what? If you want to eat 14 corn dogs for breakfast, do it. But don't, don't, right. Totally. How's to the yes for you? But don't, but I don't need to agree with it yeah. and I don't need to like it, but you don't need to care that I like it or I don't like it. Totally. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't. Yeah. But the word diet, I know. I know. It's, it's like hashtag, like, like, you know what? Like, I don't just, know. Just, just like worry about yourself. Totally. Okay. Like you need to do five, four, three, two, one diet point, whatever. Yeah. I need to stick with like, stay away from the dairy because right. you have an upset tummy. Totally. Like that doesn't mean I'm on a diet. It just means that that's just what I've learned about my body. Yeah. And I think for me having, when I, I had never in my life had, average of 50 pounds to lose three different times. And that was very, that's a task. If you're really committed to losing X amount of weight, you got to commit. And it was a goal of mine. And just 
the Lord helped me. Like it's, we're good. Like I wasn't doing anything destructive. It was my healthy way back. It was the Weight Watchers has a breastfeeding for women That's program so and it didn't feel restrictive. It was as much fruits and vegetables as you wanted. Like I, I just, that. it worked great for me. And then at the end, all three times I was done and I didn't have to count anymore. And it had guided me into a healthy pattern of like, my body does way better when I eat fruits and veggies and my healthy carbohydrates, but I have my dessert a couple times a week. You know, I don't know. I feel like it helped me heal and well, it wasn't a bad thing for me. So many diets. Yeah. Because some people really like that. Yeah. And some people really don't. Totally. So like, I mean, even like the vegan and the uh, vegetarian, it's like you're restricting calories right. by being a vegan. You're mm -hmm. restricting calories by being vegetarian. Yeah. You do you, baby. Totally. Whatever like, makes you. If that's, I know. If you're sleeping well, if you're being a good human being. I know. Like, and you know what? Even if you are anorexic, like there's no part in my heart that wants to shame you. Totally. It's or never even if you are answer, struggling with right? bulimia, why would I shame you for that? Totally. So that seems like a very personal thing. I agree. Just like, I mean, there are certain things that are just personal, mm -hmm. personal beliefs. And, and there's no reason we should be fighting about it. Totally. I As women, we should more. be supporting each other because we're all on a journey. Yeah. And I might end up at Weight Watchers one day and you might end up at no dairy because of your tummy. Totally. One day. You know, like Absolutely. it just is what it is. And we support yeah. each other. And I, I think that, you know, we do live in a time of modern medicine and it tells totally. us that like a diet high in fruits and veggies is, totally. you know, going to help you in terms of heart attack totally. and cancer and that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, that just sounds logically something Absolutely. that we should do, but if you're going to eat a box of Oreos, I'm, right. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Totally. And um, I think one more thing, I just have such a heart yeah. for like moms who experience this upheaval, right? And mm -hmm. your body changes and you have your first baby. And I think in that first year, especially mm -hmm. it is individual and it's what makes you feel, it's the most vulnerable time of your life. Absolutely. What makes you feel safe and healthy and beautiful for myself. I am usually an active person that helps my mental health. Eating healthy gives me life. So I was like, excited to work out again. I really was, but that doesn't mean you have to do that. Like just because I wanted mm. to like hit the ground running with my healthy eating or whatever, like some people would rather just cuddle your baby and like do whatever and not think about it for five years. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. So I think we just have to support each other as women and moms of new babies in like mm. whatever looks like whatever it looks like for us individually. You know, you know what I mean? Because yeah, because for me, I wasn't like that. Totally. I was so tired. Yes. I was so worn out. That's the, like the my last idea thing is like at that point it's survival. Uh -huh. Sleep, eat, sleep, eat, sleep, eat, sleep, sleep, eat. Right. Yeah. Like that's all I was trying to do. I was well, totally. keep the baby alive. Right. Like, okay, right. keep the kid alive. But like body, I wasn't even thinking about that right, right now. Like I, I, I was just, I was in this state of perpetual just there was no thriving involved. Yes. It was and your pure... baby and you. Yeah. It's such a cocoon. Like it should always come first, and, and I, it should never be about what you look like in that ever. But especially, I, I think. But I think it's hard. It was like hard for someone like me because people people assume that you're better because you lost your baby weight faster yeah. than me. No, right? Totally. Because that's just like right. Snap our back. culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. that doesn't mean that it's, uh, that was not a healthy choice for me because that would have been absolutely an added stressor on my mm -hmm. already completely maxed out, stressed out life. And it takes emotional energy and effort to be on a weight loss journey. It does. So, so okay. Well, I mean, I think we kind of hit the pregnancy thing real yeah, hard. We did. I think we hit the 
you know, adolescence and getting into therapy and having yes. a really supportive family. Yeah. Um, was it, did you at all feel embarrassed? Like, was there an, any embarrassment yeah. in having, or like, did it feel embarrassing or I don't know. It did. It's like this weird thing though. Cause when you have the eating disorder, like you, you're in control, you feel this sense mm, of control like and power. it's like your thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you can control your size. Mm. I think it was more when I had to start going to therapy and I realized this is a problem. That's when I was just like, oh my gosh, like I, maybe two friends knew about that, you know, yeah. and I'd, I've never even shared this much about it. I've mentioned in my blog and writing over the years that I had an eating disorder, I've openly talked about that. But as far as diving into it, it's like not a lot of people knew the depth of it or the help that I walked through, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know, I want to say I wish I would have told more people, but I don't know that that would have been the right thing. It was well, something very also, it's about private. timing and yes, it wouldn't have been the time. Totally. Um, I was going to ask you, so if your mom and your dad wouldn't have taken those necessary steps, do you think you would have ever gotten help? I just think it could have gone on forever. Okay. I just feel like they were very stern and my dad would have moments like taking the peanut butter because fat was my thing. I just fat grams don't get near me. And he would be like, eat peanut butter. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to make you some peanut butter toast out of love. Things like that. Like, but then eat. did you, but did you eat the peanut butter toast? Um, no, I would like run out of the room and right. make him mad. Right. So like, <laughs> so like, here's my question. Like yeah, say it's hard, like, man, like, being a parent okay. is hard. It is so hard. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, especially when like our culture is like, you need to look skinny, but like, here's some pizza at a slumber party. I You're know. like, I'm so confused. Totally. So a lot of like, these like, um, different ideas. But, um, I wonder like, is there anything anybody could have done during those times when you were little and your these people were saying these things about you and I'm sure your parents were like, you're beautiful and you're great. Maybe, you know, lifting you up. Was there anything that anybody could have done? You know, something I just tell Emmy, my oldest is only six, but I tell her all the time, this is more geared to like children, but also moms. I tell her to look for the girl or the boy that doesn't have any friends. If you see someone at school who is mm. alone, invite them to sit with you. Mm. Don't ever say mean words ever. Mm -hmm. Don't. My kids are not going to be the ones bullying others. I think just what a if, spirit of inclusion. I'm like, if one other kid I maybe would have walked up to me and been like, hey, you want to play handball with us? It would have made my year. You know what I mean? So are you, are you saying that it was more like being excluded. It was more of the, the thought of being alone and that you started, that you found out that you were becoming included when you got thinner. A little so was bit. it really more about that maybe? Yeah. I think I just lumped it together in my mind mm -hmm. that I am not attractive or appealing as a friend to others because of my size. I put it together. Interesting. In reality though, it might not have even been that way. I, maybe I was just new and everyone all had their friends and I just lumped it all together because my pediatrician was freaking out about my weight and I wasn't fitting <laughs> into sizes at my favorite store well, anymore. You know, what? you know what I mean? Like, so. You know, and you know what? If oh. you're, if you read these books on childhood trauma, that's what ends up happening yeah. is your brain kind totally. of just kind of uh, puts these things in little boxes and, and assumes your there's an association yeah. between being totally. included and being skinny. Totally. Or being Absolutely. excluded and being chubby. Yes. So regardless, I think that just if someone seems for any reason like a little bit of, of an outcast, reach out. Mm -hmm. And then I think my parents did everything that they could. Okay. I really do. I just feel like 
I mean, I'm glad that they were saying they were going to send me away. And I think they probably were going to because I literally think my heart might have stopped one day. I was that far. It's just bad. Oh, and then the other thing, I was 15, right? I'm in this office Mm -hmm. refusing to actually follow my new eating plan. I'm faking my weight every week. And (laughs) Evelyn looked at me as a 15 year old. This was like a big turning point for me. And she said, do you want to have children someday? Mm. And you're 15. I, never did I think about that. I'm like, what? I'm like, I mean, I, I guess, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to be a mom. And she's like, if you keep doing this to your body, like you already haven't had your period in like a year. She's like, you can't have babies with this present body someday. So if you want to walk a road to healing. So that was like implanted in my mind. And I'm glad that it was. And maybe because it was said by her, right? Like, and not said by like your mom. Yes, a hundred percent. And I feel like that's the hardest part because the people that are closest to you that are struggling, like you can't, anything you say is going to be taken wrong. And so, yeah, I mean, so what would you say to someone like me who knows somebody that is struggling? And I mean, I have mentioned it before and I thought I did it in a really loving way, but it didn't, it wasn't received like that. And so I've kind of just like had to step back, but you're, you're, you're kind of like watching a, like a train that is like going to like fall off a cliff and you can't do anything about it. Totally. I would just say to love her. It sounds so cliche, but just like to maintain as hard as it is or whatever it looks like to mean be a presence in her okay. life of love. Okay. And, um, I don't keep an eye on it. Like if you're like eating with her, just like try to be aware of like where she's at and how she's doing it. There's probably deeper stuff going on as well. A hundred percent. So sometimes talking about if you can get to those things Mm. and not the eating thing. It's so hard though. People, some people just at the end of the day, I was a child, so it was different, but as adults, Mm. you, Jesus will carry you and help you, but you still have to take that step towards him or reach, grab his hand and be like, I'm going to get better. You have to also know that you have a problem. You do. (laughs) And it's just, it really does change your personality. And it's just, I just have such a heavy heart for people on any degree of the disordered eating scale because it takes a lot of thought life up. It brings me to this question. What would you say to somebody who's listening that is currently struggling with uh, any sort of body dysmorphia, anorexia, bulimia, Mm laxatives, diuretics, uh, you know, whatever. Totally. I would say, first of all, tell somebody that you know and love, like find somebody. I know that you might be struggling completely in isolation. I don't care if it's your sister or your mom or your best friend or your husband or whatever. Like so many people suffer completely alone. So many. Tell Mm -hmm. that one person that will feel so good. I might have a problem. I'm struggling this, that. And then secondly, I would just say to get help and see a nutritional therapist or someone to just give you a guide. Like at that point, you don't have the answers within yourself. I think that's another, just in general in our age is like, trust yourself. Sometimes, sometimes (laughs) we aren't trustworthy. If you're an addict and you're like, you know, at the end of the day, does the core of you exist? And will you come back to yourself. Trust yes. yourself. Take but that like, last I'm sip like, of vodka. What if I had trusted myself? As a kid? I'm like, it's okay to need help and yeah. surrender. And, you know, and I, I would gonna... get help from a professor. There's so many wonderful therapists, nutritionists out there. I would say that if you're struggling, like seek that out and they want to help you. And there's a way. Yeah. And to... I would, I, I would add this too. And not because I have, um, a lot of background in this uh, specific topic, but find, don't go find a therapist, 
find a therapist who is specific to mm-hmm. your pain. Yes, 100%. Because I had gone to a therapist myself and it was more painful hmm. because she wasn't, she didn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. She didn't, in terms of my pain, she wasn't able to figure it out. Yeah. And it caused me more shame and more guilt. And that is the last thing you want to do if you're struggling already. You need totally. to find someone who understands. A hundred percent. And maybe who hasn't even just read it in the book, but actually has been through it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. And you know what? If you had a broken foot, you better go to the doctor. Okay. Absolutely. You're not thriving in your life if you're constantly obsessing about food. That's not thriving. Mm -hmm. That's not enjoying. So you have every reason to get help. And as an adult, if you don't get help, shame Mm -hmm. on you because there are other people that are looking up to you. So as much as I want to offer you grace, there's also responsibility. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to say before we end? You know, I'm, I'm a big reader. I'm reading this book right now by an Instagram writer, influencer, her name's Laura McCowan. And the book is called We Are the Luckiest. And her journey is sobriety. She's sober and she doesn't drink. But I found her, oddly, when I had really bad postpartum depression after Hadley on Instagram. And her writing and her heart, Mm. her words are just insanely powerful on the mental health front. And I'm reading her book. And I read something the other day because her book is about her sobriety journey. Mm -hmm. But it's about like everyone has a thing. My thing clearly has been food, right? And people are either in slave to it by deprivation or binging or whatever. And she said, one of the definitions of sobriety is being clear headed. Mm. And that really stuck with me because in my freedom of like, I have my third baby, I was almost 200 pounds. And I literally was like the happiest woman alive. I just didn't care. And reaching that place from that point until now, I feel clear headed. And I think I would say that I'm like food sober. I say that in times of stress or sadness, I can sometimes feel that like, you know, tries to be like, oh, I don't know, tempt me or whatever to, you need to be smaller. But I'm like, no, it's, you know, no, I feel like God has brought me to a place of clear headedness and sobriety and healing. So So maybe, maybe the last takeaway is just to find something or someone that makes you feel not so alone. Totally. I think that our pain likes to isolate us. hundred percent. I say pain because it could be addiction. It right. could be a, a, a complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. It could be, there are so many different things, anxiety, whatever it is. Um, if you find somebody that has struggled or is struggling like you, it feels so much less lonely. And that is the reason for this podcast Yes, because there is such freedom in just talking about it because we become it becomes an addiction to try to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I refuse to do that. I am all done. Totally. I'm all done hiding out and being in denial of this and that and uh, and all the others. But if that looks like finding an author that really hits you, finding a musician who writes songs that reach you, if it means reaching out to, you know, going on Amazon and searching books and try finding mm-hmm. something that, you know, I mean, and that might and we're listening to podcasts or watching shows on TV about it, you know, maybe that's your first step in kind of realizing you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Like you're not the only one. Like I think that our addictions or our pain wants us to think that we're like, Oh, no one's ever been through that before. Totally. You're you're crazy. No one will believe you. You know, it's like, oh no, why do you think there are therapists? Right. There's <laughs> nothing new under disorders. the sun, yeah. right? Totally. And I totally agree with that. And I mean this with all my heart. If you're listening to this, you can email me or find I me on Instagram. And I've have 
talked to so many women over the years, whether it's been about postpartum or quitting your job after you have a baby and oh, you don't girl. go back from maternity leave. So many topics. Yeah. But um, if you want resources, like email me and I will 100% be there for you. Awesome. I will be that person. So they can email you at? Yeah, Stephanie at stephaniemack.com. And then your blog is? Momentary hyphen insanity. Which has calm. And this girl, I mean, she's got a master's in writing. So she's oh my gosh. incredibly gifted Thank at... You communicating, I mean, verbally and in writing. I mean, let's just be honest, but it's been a blessing to have you, Steph. Thank you for having me. I adore you and I adore your heart and your vulnerability. And honestly, if there's a part of you that's had a story that hasn't been shared and you kind of feel like you're ready, um, we would love to have you. So let us know. You can email me at jenblossom what's jenblossom at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook and the podcast should have some sort of links to it one of these days, but it's been such a pleasure to speak with you, Steph, and um, all my love. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.